So in this episode, I want to talk about something called memory reconsolidation and how it impacts you and the change that you want to make. Now, memory reconsolidation is a process whereby rather than creating change which is kind of counteractive, what memory reconsolidation does is it creates change that is transformational. So I want to explain what that is and why that matters. And it it all kind of goes back to how your kind of brain's alarm system works and how your nervous system responds to things in life. Because what used to be thought to be true was that if you had some sort of traumatic event happen, that that was, that was written in the brain and fixed. It was almost like that part of the brain's filing cabinet. It was, it was put there. That memory was put there. And all the emotional responses that go with that memory was put there. And then that the, it was thought that the brain basically locked it and, and threw away the key for good so it could never be rewritten. And it makes sense why the brain might do that, why these memories would be difficult to rewrite and the emotional responses to those memories might be difficult to rewrite. But the simple reason is that if something really significant has happened to you, like a trauma, it makes sense for our survival, doesn't it, that the brain really insists upon remembering it. You know, if you were, if you were to be relaxing by a tree, for instance, or a bush, and you hear a rustling and then suddenly a lion jumps out. Well, it makes sense that the brain wants to remember that because what it'll want to do in service of your survival is to make sure you remember the fact that, you know, there was a time when a lion nearly got you. And so it'll want to remember the that the bush was a place that hid a lion and you know, it'll want you to remember that the rustle of the leaves is a cue to run away from a lion. And you don't want to forget that memory very easily, you know, because it's valuable. It's valuable information. And so it was thought that if we had a, a traumatic or significant event happen to us, that the brain basically did file that memory, file all the emotional responses, all the emotional learning from it and throw the key away. And of course, we can see, as as we've already said, why that might be useful. But also, we all know, don't we, how that's not useful. How those sorts of emotional responses, the emotional learning we might have picked up at the time, is often really unhelpful. Because it's not so much that there's a, a, a danger going forward. It's It's more that we've had this emotional response that we've learned a limiting belief and we're having nervous system responses to things you know like low level anxiety or whatever um you know which are, are no longer helpful and we know that they're they're not serving us in the way that they were intended to and so this idea that the brain just kind of puts the memory and the emotional memory and the beliefs that come with it in a in a drawer and locks the drawer and throws the key away for good is is a problematic one because it means that we can 
never change our responses to those things. Or rather, it means that our change our change is based on doing something that tries to counter that stuff. So often in change that I'd call counteractive change, what we'll do is there'll be an attempt to, if you like, build build a different set of resources, build a different set of responses, build a different set of um, you know neural pathways in the brain, I suppose. And the hope is that when those old things that trigger us come up, we're hoping really a bit like a football match that the new neural pathways will defeat the old ones. That when they battle together, it's the new ones that we develop that win. And of course, that's a little bit shaky because while they do sometimes win, this idea of, you know, going into a kind of... uh, a relapse, if you like, where those old patterns re-emerge again in extreme stress can often happen. Now, about 20-odd years ago, what neuroscientists did was a number of experiments that, that they've replicated a number of times since, which basically prove that counter to what people thought that the brain would kind of lock away the memory and its emotional learning and throw the key away. It actually doesn't. And there is a series of steps that can be taken which ensure that you can kind of find the key again. You can open that vault and you can change things. And the thing that you can change, which is what memory reconsolidation is, The thing that you can change for good is not so much the autobiographical information. You'll still know that this thing happened. But what it does change is the emotional response to that. What it does change is the emotional learning, the the beliefs around that as well. And so through this process of this thing called memory reconsolidation, We're now in a position where we have a roadmap, if you like, by which if something has happened, which has created a a trauma, which has created some sort of autonomic nervous system response for you or created a set of beliefs about you, the world and other people, which are no longer helpful, then we can use this roadmap for memory reconsolidation to basically open that vault, change the emotional learning around it, not the facts of it, not the memory of what actually happened, but the emotional learning, the emotional responses to it, rewrite that aspect and close the vault again. And it's really powerful because what it means is that we can actually change these things that appear to be happening to us, these kind of responses that we have that appear to be happening to us. And so it's a really useful finding. And like I say, the finding itself is over 20 years old. But as you can imagine in a therapy uh, perspective, the consequences of that are really, really important if we are able to apply those kind of scientific findings 
in the therapy room in order to give change to you. And so if you're interested in working with memory reconsolidation of actually having transformative change, because it's not just building a different neural pathway, it's changing the neural pathway that was already there so that those emotional responses no longer spike for us. And so if you're interested in doing some of that work, then you can contact me. I'm Alan Parry. I'm the director of the Liverpool Psychotherapy Practice. You can find us at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And you can subscribe to this podcast as well. It's completely free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can go to a sliceoftherapy.com to see these all as videos. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll be back with the next one.